This is Who's at the Door, book one in the Things That Go Bumpin' in I trilogy by J.C. Bratton, performed by Floor 5 Theatre Company, produced by Floor 5 Theatre Company and Blue Milk Publishing. To learn more about this project or to download the ebooks, please visit www.bluemilk.co. Chapter 1 Bye, Jamie. We'll text you as soon as we land. I waved goodbye as they climbed into the car. Mom always wanted to go to Hawaii. And Dad was finally able to break free from his robotics research company long enough to take Mom on her dream vacation for their 20th anniversary. They were such a cute couple. Dad was six feet four inches tall, and Mom was barely five feet. I met them in the middle at five feet seven inches, with long brown hair and large brown eyes. When I closed the door, the house felt a bit cold, but I was glad to have it to myself for the next two weeks. It's been about a month and a half since my accident, and now I'm in a walking boot. I didn't feel that I was in any condition to enjoy Hawaii with Mom and Dad. They wanted to cancel the trip, but I said no. It was their anniversary, and I knew how much this trip meant to Mom. Besides, spending a few weeks at home wasn't so bad, especially for a homebody like me. Mark was in town, and he offered to help me out. He lives across the street, and my parents adore him. Mark is over six feet tall, with dark brown hair and sky blue eyes. We were high school sweethearts. However, he's moving to California to attend Caltech in September and I'm going to stay local and attend Ohio State. They say long-distance relationships never work. So, I ended our relationship the night of the accident. Mark wasn't happy about it. He's been pining for me ever since. We live in the suburbs, outside of Columbus. Our home is quite spacious, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, 2,500 square feet. What I love about the house is the small loft on the top of the stairwell. I sort of made that area my mini lounge. My mom had a huge collection of suspense stories that she let me keep. For several hours, I curled up on my futon and became immersed in a young adult thriller about a babysitter being threatened by a mysterious stranger. When it happened, it was 3.33 p.m., and my phone chimed to tell me that it sensed motion at the door. Dad installed this fancy motion sensor gadget to catch package thieves. You can never be too careful. Dad always said. With the clunky walking boot, 
I was in no condition to go running down the stairs. The app on my phone would have to do. When I loaded the app, I saw the front porch with a view of both the street and Mark's house. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary, except that there was no one at the door. How could that be? The camera must have picked up something. That feeling was back. That feeling I had six weeks ago. That night. I wobbled down the stairs as fast as I could and opened the door. I was startled by Mark. Hey. Wow. I didn't mean to scare you. Mark exclaimed. I was relieved to see Mark, but I paused to look around the porch area. Again, nothing looked out of the ordinary. Mark. Did you see anyone drop by? I asked. Mark shook his head. I looked back at the app on my phone. It indicated that there was a new motion, being that Mark was at the porch. Oh, you have that app that lets you know if there's a motion at your door, huh? It's pretty cool, Mark said. Well, yeah. But I'm a little confused. At 3.33, the app told me that someone was at the door. I didn't see anyone in the video. Can you look? I showed the video to Mark. Maybe it was just the breeze? It's been a bit windy today. Maybe that set off your motion sensor. Mark investigated the doorbell and the device sensor. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. But how could it be? I'm not sure what to tell you, Jamie, but everything seems normal. Everything did seem normal, and I was definitely feeling better now that Mark was there. <sighs> oh well, a false positive. No sense in worrying about it, right? I shrugged. Hey, why did you drop by, Mark? Oh, no reason. Just wanted to see how you were doing. Your parents left for their trip, so I thought you could use some company. Mark came into the house, and we settled on ordering a pizza and watching some TV. The History Channel was playing a special on ghosts. Parapsychologists discussed various theories, one of which proposed that apparitions are interdimensional beings who are living in another time and space. The multiverse theory, as it was called. In it, ghosts may simply be beings temporarily visible to us as dimensions get crossed up, giving us a glimpse into another world. Maybe that's what happened, Jamie. Maybe a being from another dimension rang your doorbell. Mark smirked with amusement. He could be a smart ass at times. <laughs> I shook my head at him. Seriously, 
In another dimension, you and I are sitting on this couch, but could be in Paris having a romantic stroll by the river scene. Mark moved closer to me on the couch. I could be leaning over to you like this. Mark's blue eyes pierced into mine as he gently placed his hand on my face, slowly running his thumb on my lower lip. I could feel my heart beating faster. I never knew that Mark could be this romantic. Mark's lips were ready to touch mine when the doorbell rang. My phone buzzed, indicating motion at the door. It was the pizza delivery guy. Mark and I went back to watching TV and began eating the pizza. I wasn't brave enough to bring up what almost happened, and neither was Mark. Maybe it's for the best. I kept reminding myself that long-distance relationships don't work. It's like what happened with my friend Shelley last summer. She met a really great guy who was visiting his cousins. They had a whirlwind romance for two months. He promised to write, and she promised to visit him over one of the breaks. It just wasn't meant to be, I guess. Mark switched over to the local news. They run a special on Saturdays called Missing to discuss ongoing missing persons investigations in the area. There was a report of a girl, aged 13, named Mary Montgomery of Edenvale. Her parents were unknown. Her guardian, Ross Montgomery, came on the screen. A bearded man in his mid-fifties who looked a bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars. It was the middle of the night and Ross heard a loud thump in the hallway. He went over to check on Mary, but she had vanished. A photo of her appeared on the screen and a chill came down my spine. She had pale skin and long dark hair that seemed to cover her face lightly. She was wearing a white blouse and had an empty smile. Ross Montgomery indicated that he remembered that his clock had read 3.33 a.m. when he heard the thump on May 20th. My heart started to pound really fast and I dropped my drink on the floor. Whoa! Hey, let me help you clean that up. Mark reached over for some napkins. Are you okay, Jamie? Looks like you saw a ghost. I think I just did, I said softly. Thank you for listening to Who's at the Door, book one in the Things That Go Bump in the Night trilogy by J.C. Bratton, performed by Floor 5 Theatre Company, produced by Floor 5 Theatre Company and Blue Milk Publishing.
To learn more about the project or to download the ebooks, please visit www.bluemilk.co. Stay tuned for the next episode of Who's at the Door. May 20th. I just can't do this, Mark. Jamie, I... I love you. I'm not going to give up on us. I need time to think, Mark. I can't breathe right now. Mark tried to stop me, but it was too late as I sped off Shelley's driveway. It began raining really hard. I accidentally tipped over the coffee sitting in my cup holder from earlier in the day. When I looked up, however, there she was, staring at me coldly from my rearview mirror. A ghostly girl with dark hair covering her face. <laughs>